Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Hello there, everybody. This is Ken Napsock here on the Napsock Files, and this is a special bonus edition just an episode five. We're here with you, and I love to do this from time to time, give you guys a little taste of what's going on over on the Patreon page and my show, Five Extra Minutes. Every week after the main interview of the Knapsack Files is recorded, I leave the microphones on and jump into a five-minute or so, often longer, conversation with the guests. And if it's an episode where it's just me, like the three things or whatnot, I'll keep going and talk to you guys directly about something there. It's always fun little side conversations. I try to surprise my guests as best I can with a question that might be completely different from something we just talked about. Sometimes in the Knapsack Files, the interviews, we might get real serious. We might get deep, and so I want to flip it around and have some uh, some fun conversation with them and catch them off guard and get their true response, their true passions as we dig a little extra on five extra minutes. So I grabbed some of my favorite runs over the last uh, few months and uh, weeks and days and put them together here for you. So we're going to grab them, drop them in. You're going to listen to them, hopefully. And I'll see you on the other side. It's a five extra minutes preview here on the Knapsack Files. Back to the Zapsack Files here on Patreon. It's time to spend five extra minutes with these two wonderful cats who just spent the evening with me. It's Sizzler. It's Andres Cabrera and Robert Butler III. Ace and RB3 to you and me, the hosts of the Meaning of Podcast. <laughs> Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. No, it's been a pleasure. And you guys uh, on your show, I mean, you, know, you really take deep dives into movies, into directors, into themes. And I love what you said on the on the show, Hot Sales or Nights, Ace, where you're like, we'll dive into things they're trying to say, whether we agree with them or not. Whether So you you guys take deep dives and you really study what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Our, our, our whole point is basically to try and get inside the mind of the director a little bit mm. and try to see certain things that keep coming up in all their films and 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 give our perspective on it because I feel mm. like especially nowadays things should be taken from a different perspective and sure. I feel like that's the great thing of living in this world and, and living in a community in a, in a movie community is that we can hear people's different opinions on things coming from a different perspective so sure. RB3 and I had a great discussion on that on our last episode where we talked about um, perspective and film criticism mm-hmm. should be a little bit more uh, general and should be open to more people because right. they can give you a different 
version or a different take on a movie that you might not have. So mm. that's kind of our idea going into it mainly. Mm. And it's also dealing with the themes of the director. And obviously we go into style and actors that keep coming up in movies because directors cling to certain actors, they really or do. certain cinematographers or certain yeah. uh, composers. So yeah, that's kind of our main theme inside the, the show itself. I love it. You guys dig deep in RB3. Uh, you, uh, you you you're young as we joke, right. but I love uh, that perspective too. So I'm going to start with you okay. on some of your favorite directors, past, present, future. Mm-hmm. Include mm-hmm. yourself in the future, but future. <laughs> uh, who, who's who, who's really gets you going now? Um, who really gets me going? I mean, you know, I being in film school, we have to go back and like revisit a lot of like yeah. the older stuff. So I'm I'm working my way backwards a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but from what I have witnessed in film school and what I've like seen like through that and what I've kind of discovered more in in, in my senses and my taste. I'm really into like uh, older like crime movies like noir pictures, you know, mm. especially like the old Hitchcock stuff is like really yeah. really awesome to me. And um, fortunately there's a class a whole class at USC dedicated to Af- Alfred Hitchcock that I'm taking next semester. Oh, um, wow. so I'm hoping to get something like even more out of that. But um, I love that but I also love, you know, movies from like Spike Lee sure. and you know all of these other uh, great like cultural culturally impactful mm-hmm. filmmakers um, as well and you know like Alf- Alfonso Cuarón is another one like Children of Men is one of right. my my personal favorites too so it, there's there's a lot of varying taste I, I guess I have um, but I guess overall probably if I ta- if I had to pin it down to like one particular director. Mm-hmm. Um, it would probably be, it'll probably be, be Spike Lee okay. in the sense that it's the combination of like the cultural mm-hmm. stuff that I really appreciate, uh, you know, and and the community aspect of like the, his films that concern it a lot, but also um, his style. He has a very heavy style. Yeah, to, it's, to it's his, his work as well. You know his work when you see it, type of thing. Right. A, lot, a lot of those good directors aren't afraid to find their style and and do it. Right, right. right. I mean, of course, there's other people like Paul Thomas Anderson. Sure. That I love Tim Burton, who's like a weird one. That yeah. I, I leave for some reason, like really enjoy all of his movies. Yeah, um, but I mean, Spike Lee is just the guy who I I think is one of the greatest and probably one of the most uh, overlooked filmmakers, uh, like in, yeah. in, in in history. So yeah, I get I get that Ace. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, it's 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 interesting because I I didn't get into uh, enjoying film and really realizing the talent of directors mm-hmm. until later on. So I kind of like. I like some newer guys. I like sure. some guys who are who are kind of coming up, and we've talked a few, uh, about a few of them on our podcast already. But um, I love um, Denny. I think Denny is doing great things right mm-hmm. now in film. Denny Villeneuve um, or Villeneuve, um, yeah. however you pronounce his name. I mean, obviously, people always go to Nolan, but the reason why people go to Nolan is because he's actually a talented director. Right. But the one, the, if I'm going all time, you know, I. I I love Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott is yeah, one of my okay. all-time favorite directors. He's made some of my favorite movies of all time, whether it comes to Aliens, Gladiator, mm-hmm. uh, Alien, Gladiator. I mean, he, right. he really Thelma is. Thelma Louise, right? Thelma and Louise. I mean, the mm-hmm. guy is, is... You forget he did like Thelma and Louise. I mean, he's yeah. done so many great movies, and he's definitely one of my biggest influences even movies that people don't like like prometheus i i love prometheus and i think it's a great I, movie i saw that i saw that like on hbo saturday type of yeah. thing where you just kind of watching and uh, i am not a huge uh, f- you know the alien franchise kind of missed yeah. me and i know it's not you know it is what it, it's not directly connected you know bill paxton doesn't show up um but uh, <laughs> i was like oh this is i was intrigued the whole way through yeah. sometimes I, I i think when you when you skip the hype and you go back a little bit later and you're dumb like me you can just kind of go wow this is something good going on here yeah especially when people try 
tried to connect that back to alien and, right. and he's like, no, I'm very much trying to make something different than, yeah. than what I did before. And which is why I appreciated it. It's more about existentialism. It's more about mm-hmm. thoughts about our place in the universe and you know, life and death and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's kind of what I appreciate about it. Yeah, but you also like some lightsabers flinging around too. Every love now and some then. lightsabers. I'm yeah. I'm a massive Star Wars nerd, yeah. and I can watch those movies on repeat. And I enjoy every single Star Wars picture for mm. something. For something. For something. I think that's the way to look at yeah. it too. For something. There's something in there. Yeah. Uh, mistakes and all warts and all the times there. Are we three year Star Wars guy too though? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. more of an appreciation, and I have a hard time keeping up with like a lot of canon stuff. Right. So. Um, I'm a little like it's okay. When, it's just mainly the movies that it's, I'm familiar. I was just rewatching yeah. Clone Wars last night. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I was too recently. Yeah. Just my favorite episodes, and I'm like, I always go back to go it. back. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot there. No, but I, I like that too. Well, you guys, I, as you can tell here, I wanted to spend five extra minutes with you guys to really uh, dig into what you guys do on the meaning of and my Patreon supporters. Uh, you guys probably know them from the schmoes, but did you know? Uh, did you know what they're fully capable of? <laughs> Give a listen to the meaning of. I really want these guys to uh, grow with listeners this coming year. Uh, So I appreciate it. That is it. We appreciate your support here on Patreon. That has been five extra minutes. Welcome back to the Knapsack Files here on Patreon. It's time for five extra minutes. You heard the second episode of This Is Life with me and Owen Mugan. But we got five more minutes for you. What's up, Owen? Talking about life and and yeah. uh, and, and <laughs> extent of extending life, it's gotten me <laughs> uh, the idea of of, of cooking uh, and eating better for yes. myself in general. And and, and I've I've been me thinking too. it's it's sort of a thing you got to be concerned about before right. it becomes a real concern, right? Before it becomes a crisis, before it becomes a choice <laughs> someone else makes for you. Exactly, exactly. And yeah. and just uh, I was thinking about you know I've been, I've been cooking a lot lately. Me too. Yeah. Have you? Yeah. I totally have. Yeah. That's great. So so I, I've been trying to like you know, be smart with my salt. I hate even saying that out loud. I can watch my salt. Yeah. I got to drop a, you know, about 25 pounds. Once I get that out of the way, then I won't have to worry as much. But it's, it's funny. You get creative in the kitchen now when you don't want to die, you know, when you're cooking for your life, (laughs) cooking for your life. Exactly. (laughs) But, uh, it's a good cookbook. It is. It is a good, good, good cookbook. Yeah. But I've been like, I've been cooking, you know, fish. I've never cooked fish before, you know, and it's actually, I'm getting pretty good at it. I might, I might, I'm trying to do the same thing because uh-huh. I don't like fishes and I like shrimp, which love disgusts shrimp. some people, right. but I love shrimp. But I got some mahi mahi frozen fish patties, uh-huh. right? Which uh-huh. sounds disgusting to say out loud, but they're really good. So I've been interested in more fish. How do you do it? it and I, I sort of kind of go basic, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's, and I've learned a lot of this from my wife, who's a really good cook. Okay. And uh, it, it's, when you're, especially when you're trying to be creative with what you can, you know, right. season stuff. Like for me, like garlic, yeah. garlic is garlic is king. I have some you garlic know. salt in there. I'm halfway through the bottle. Yeah. Well, what I, I, I just do straight up regular garlic. You oh, know. you just and, and like in Goodfellas, I like, cut it with a razor blade, really thin, so it evaporates <laughs> in the sauce. Practically though, but um, like it, garlic sort of are, are, is a really good friend. But what's been sort of a challenge is like you know what kind of healthy side dishes, and it's like you know. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, oh, riced cauliflower. I'm like, I'm sorry, what is that? Yeah. Have you heard of this? I have. Yeah. And I actually, I was like, okay, I'll take a look. (laughs) Give it a shot. But garlic to the rescue. 
you know, that, you, yes. you, you, you use that and you can actually have this thing be edible. And it sort of takes the place of, of rice. We, we're something we've, we've turned to old men here. Well, I've had whipped cauliflower. Have you ever had that? No. It's a mashed potato substitute. Oh, all right. And I'm going to tell you something. Uh-huh. I, I hate to admit this publicly. It was really good. Good. And, and, and this conversation, by the way, when, when Ken and I are finished, we're going to just go punch each other in the face yeah. for about 10 minutes for what we've become. But uh, maybe we should roll on that. Yeah, yeah just but, punch uh, each other. <laughs> um, but it's... Like when, when I realized that I had 40 odd years of mm-hmm. just like, I guess what the, uh, the medical term is crap food habits. <laughs> and, um, and then you realize yeah, when you become a dad and, yeah. you know, and you, you see other people dropping like flies around you sometimes, yeah. it's like, yeah, I really want to kind of step up to this and, and, and have this yeah. life thing the, go on for the, a while. The term family history becomes something that means m- more to you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and not just the war crimes. No, not the war, just war crimes. No. Yeah, well, my dad had his heart attack a few years ago. I was like. Oh, wait a minute. Wait, wait. This could happen. I, I'm built like them and I eat like them. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, uh, and you and I can, uh, offline, I can give you some real recipes. But I'd like, love I've that, become yeah. a master at like, uh, of a certain type of chicken. And it's like Ooh. thighs and it's, and it's. I need, uh, a, I need to expand my repertoire. Okay, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to fully embarrass myself here. You know what yeah. I use instead of soy sauce, Ken? What do you? I use this coconut amino substitute. <laughs> Which soy sauce has like a thousand milligrams of salt, like in a tablespoon or something, and it does, and, and, it does. and this stuff has like you know ninety, yeah, you know, and and it it, it tastes sort of like a pig urine, but it's uh, but, but it makes but, it okay, but, but if you use enough of it, it's 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 really great. It's refreshing. It. Yeah, I find the key to any meal is drown it with sauces, right? Yeah, drown it with sauces, drown it with sauces. But uh, but yeah, in the effort to avoid salt, you you get creative, and it's kind of fun, and it's yeah. you, know, you save yourself a bunch of money, and uh, yeah, you know. But yeah, I you know I I've been I've inspired. Actually, I got to say, since uh, on, on the Napsack Files uh, a couple months ago now, I have my friend Steve Ellis from Black Series Rebels, and he came on to do the life ranked episode on five best reasons to cook for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I've always had this in an in and out flirtation with cooking for myself. Right. The joke is I don't, but I used to, there was a period of time in, in the mid two thousands I'd cooked all the time. Right. I've been needing, like you, been needing to get back to, all right, uh, cheaper, because I don't have a job right now. Oh, that part. That part. Yeah. And two, I need to, uh, you know, the health factor. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm getting up. When you, I actually finally had a doctor say, well, at your age, referring to when he, <laughs> when he was trying to pull my wisdom teeth, the, I needed all four pulled. The only, he only pulled the most important one that I needed to be pulled, because he was like, well, at your age, we don't like to do this. Oui. So the first time I thought, oh, yeah, we're getting up. There. I'm in that zone. I'm now. in that zone. Right. I fi- I've finally stepped over so, into that into that area. So since that episode of Life Ragged, uh, I've been inspired to to cook a lot more. Mm-hmm. I just I need to continue to learn more. Right. Favorite dish: soup to nuts, regardless of health. Like, what do you like to cook for yourself? Oh, I like cooking a good steak here mm. home. A barbecue I don't have, but I can grill. I get one of them hot plate type situations. Right, right, right. I have a stove. I don't have a hot plate. I have one of those grills, little, little plates you put down right. on two burners. Right. Whatever they're called. I'm sure there's an official chef turn for right. it. Uh, and hot, hot plate, I think. Hot, good the, grill. Uh, and then I do love my mashed potatoes, but I've cut that out. And this is where I'm learning now to cook. Uh, a green bean vegetable medley type of thing. Nice. And I'll put some garlic salt on it. Oh, yeah. All right, I put my margarine, right. my um, butter, whatever. Pounds and a half of cheese. A, a, <laughs> lot, I, a lot of cheese. <laughs> but it, but it's uh, it's helped. It's moved in some brown rice if I can right. get it. If I'm not giving a, a darn about you know mm. health stuff, yeah. I, 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 I've, years ago, a good buddy of mine from the north of Italy, Filippo Provenghi, taught me how to make wow. spaghetti alla matriciana sauce, which is... Just saying, it's, it you know turned it me on. Yeah. It's spaghetti with bacon and red sauce. Oh and, man, um, yeah, it's pretty spectacular. Oh wow, yeah, I'll make that for you. Make 
love you, that. You got to come over. We'll, uh, uh, we, yeah, we, 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 yeah, yeah. got to come over for manja, manja. Right. And Jackie will cook, and it'll be super yummy. <laughs> you, know, but, uh, you know, bacon and spaghetti together yeah. at last. It's nice to get to, you. You can't get rid of all the fun stuff. No, you can't. You got to mm-hmm. allow. And you know, you shouldn't. as we wrap up here, though, there is something out there uh, that uh, my special lady friend has, and it's uh, like Himalayan salt. Okay. And it's basically like not salt, but it tastes like salt. We Ooh. put we put it on our popcorn. And it feels as though I'm having salt. Huh, I gotta find. I'll out look it is. up. Right, it's a better substitute. I like that. And Cut out you. that sodium, kids. I learn something every day. Every time I'm with you, Ken, <laughs> and I from you. That is it. That is uh, what we got here on five extra minutes. So, oh, and thanks for sharing your recipes. Thank you, buddy. And thanks for listening, you guys out there, and for supporting here on Patreon. Welcome back to the Knapsack Files here on Patreon. You've just listened to Michael Beatrice spill his heart out about his frustrations of not being able to watch Star Wars with children. All right. There's a lot more to the story, but he's here. Uh, we're going to spend five extra minutes with Mike Beatrice. Uh, thank you, sir. Number one. Of course. Uh, I got to uh, ask you I got to ask you some stand-up stuff here. Mm, you and I both were in the stand-up world. We both found the same amount of success and the same amount of failures, which might be why we're not in it anymore. Mm. Um, but what were what were some of your favorite moments? When did it all work for you where you like you said in the, in the big interview you can hang your hat on the head, uh, hang your ha- hang your hat on on the on the shelf because you made people laugh at the improv. But what were some of the other standout moments? for you um stand-up was great and 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 what i like doing about it you know what i really like doing the kind of comedy joke writing i like to do yeah. is a very topical monologue style yeah that that the late night guys do but the 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 problem with doing that in stand-up is that stand-up takes practice yeah you need to hone an act and 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 some of these yeah. guys are really good at it like they are doing the same jokes the same act night in Down night out beach, for months yeah. tweaking and refining and getting feedback and honing the perfect act which is why they can get up there and make it seem so perfect and easy right you can't do that when you're writing new jokes every week right to to tap i mean it's it's a way to go yeah um but you're not going to get that polished quality content from somebody that's really working on a stand-up act with legs yeah so I, I really I changed my act over time and I started mm. to carve out a little longer standing act yeah. but what I really enjoy doing uh, and mostly it was in smaller backroom sta- like you know not open mics you know we yeah. both did booked shows yeah, yeah. which is it's a difference, difference. Like, you know uh, they weren't huge shows they weren't like yeah. you know prestige shows but they weren't just open mics where anybody can get up we right. had to get booked yeah um, but I really enjoyed telling a joke about something that was going on and tapping into a consciousness mm-hmm. and getting laughter and feedback and once in a blue moon applause <laughs> I also enjoyed when and, and this is this you know earlier I, I had said that I, I think I was a real I, I really do think I'm a good joke writer. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm an average uh, uh, joke teller on stage. Mm-hmm. Where, where, you know, there were times I'd be that it would all come together, mm-hmm. and times when uh, it just didn't go well at all. Mm-hmm. And then frequently I was, you know, uh, uh, not sober. That doesn't help. <laughs> um, but what I also enjoyed was coming off of stage and and talking to other comics, guys yeah. that were working and successful, and be like. God, your jokes are smart, man. That's really, yeah. that's really, why aren't you writing for so-and-so? And yes, why aren't I writing right, right, for? Right, um, But, mm. uh, you know, the, mm. I enjoyed those moments. Um, there was yeah. another moment where, you know, we used to do these roasts 
Oh, the roasts. Yeah, great. yeah. But I mean, there there were roasts like the yeah. old Dean Martin roast, and Comedy Central was doing some roasts. But like the roast wars hadn't really hit yet. Yeah. The oversaturation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We would take over a comedy club, bring in whoever's birthday it was, and just roast them. Yeah. Bring in comics, and we would bring our varying but considerable skills to just <laughs> eviscerating this person. And and there was one for our friend Dave Forseth. Yeah. Where uh, uh, I say it so infrequently, I can say it. Uh, I crushed. Yeah, I was lead off, and it just crushed. Yeah, I had him, and um, and uh, yeah, it was I making other comics laugh. Yeah, that's that's always the thing. That was a fun night. That couldn't matter anywhere else in the world except in that room on that night. Yeah, that was one of my favorite comedy nights. The yeah, roast. It's it's a different skill. It's a different skill set. Different feeling. But yeah, making other comics laugh because we're the hardest to make laugh. Yeah. I think in general. I think what my Second or third show. My second show was this weird comedy stand-up contest type of thing. It was really weird. It was stand-up and poems and spoken word. It was I don't know how I got on that. But my third my third stand-up gig of all time was an open mic at the at the Westwood Brewing Company, uh, Van Sanders's room at the time, and that was the worst experience of my comedy career. Sure, and I've had some big bombs afterwards where I tried some things on stage and it didn't work. Uh, this was just. Uh, comics, forty of them staring at you, daggers in your yeah. in their yeah. eyes, and so to what you said to, to make comics laugh and hang out and rub shoulders with contemporaries and legends that would come through and up and comers that eventually become legends around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was, I think, that's what I miss more than anything is 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 the is rubbing shoulders with the with the yeah. giants there. Sitting at like when we used to, I used to hang out at the Improv more than I would get on there because I've only yeah. gone up there I don't know three times. Mm-hmm. Um, but but sitting in the back corner at the comics table, yes. You know, being able to walk yes. in, uh, yeah. and I wasn't anybody, but yeah. you know, uh, uh, that was that was almost the dream. That was like dream adjacent. Yeah, like I'm almost living it. Almost there. Yeah, because I didn't feel I never felt that at the comedy store when I used to perform uh, more regular there. It was. Um, you know, it was like uh, I, I was still doing the belly room shows, and it just was a, a, br- a bringer shows and the book shows as well. But it's just like you're in the corner. I didn't really know anyone. It was my first year. Uh, but to go back now and, and to sit there on the on the patio and, and and have a drink and hang out with the friends and see Mark Ellis and, and his contemporaries, uh, I didn't get to experience that at the comedy store. Mm-hmm. But it's that I did get to experience it at the improv. Sitting at the bar, having uh, I'd have a cheesecake and a rum and coke, and Eddie would serve me it and be like, "Ah, oh, here you are. We talk Yankees," and he'd give me uh, more of the cheesecake and rum and coke. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. Dream adjacent. It was like this is what I felt when I was twenty, and I was like, oh, I think I want to move to LA and get into comedy. I was in the clubhouse. Yeah, briefly in the clubhouse, drinking the clubhouse coffee. Yeah, I miss. Uh, I never. I never. I didn't really spend much time at the comedy store, and I never performed there. So mm-hmm. it's, it's like um, I think there's a. It's probably a, a better. Uh, better analogy but it's like i man i got to play the form but i never played staples yeah <laughs> i never played staples center um we, well there should you guys should do a dadlands comedy show uh they that's on the that's in the works and go. i think one already happened oh okay see still, i was there to support but i was not oh uh, well we gotta get you up on yeah, stage we'll, we'll do it at the comedy store do it uh do it at flappers we'll do it there. it's um yeah it's uh it's interesting how you make a you have to have an audience that's into it yeah that knows you're about to get all parenting material, dad material. And, uh, yeah. It's funny. Some people, some people, don't like laughing about kids' stuff. Really, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's a dicey. Yeah, well, yeah. Because you 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 dramatize and embellish things you do with your kids. Like like yeah. for example, like 
and this particular joke didn't happen, but but things like this happen. Like if oh, it's great to be here tonight, uh, my kids are in the car. It's okay, the dogs with them. Yeah. Uh, like that's funny, and of course that's that's, that's out. I'm laughing. I'm not doing it. Yeah, and we're making fun. It's that not that really happening. happens. But there's nervous laughter. There was a lot of nervous really? laughter the night we did the dad show, because like, is that okay to laugh about? It was uh, weird. Yeah. I don't think anybody was expecting that reaction. Like That's, it's okay to laugh, which I understand in concept. I just don't get. I just I think the world need you need to laugh at pretty right. much everything, and you'd figure out how and when, you know. I mean, my girls are in the car right now. Yeah, it seems like a safe neighborhood. Yeah. They, oh yeah, absolutely. They, <laughs> uh, you know, they can you, they can go on that walking path. Yeah, you're right. All right. Lots here. of dogs out there. Yeah, sure. they're it'll be it. good. The dogs will hold them. Well, uh, thanks for sharing your stand up comedy yeah. uh, memories, man. Don't forget, uh, you guys out there, if you're listening, if you, you heard on the big show, uh, go to check out the dadlands.io where Mike is a contributor, uh, Jamie Kaler, and a lot of other great people there telling dad jokes. They're going to make you uncomfortable and maybe also give you some insight. So that is it. Thanks for supporting here on Patreon. You spent five extra minutes with me and Mike Beatrice. Welcome back to Patreon here, the Knapsack Files, and you, thanks for your support, you get this show, five extra minutes, you make it possible. Today's guest, Lou Santini, you just heard him on the show talk about his book, Amateur Nation. I hope you guys go out and get it, but Lou, there's something else that is, uh, well, it's a, it's, it's a, I don't want to say weird passion, that would be shaming, uh, you'd be offended. <laughs> oh boy, um, here it comes. But I've never heard anyone love drag racing as much as oh, you. I watched it literally before it came over. I, I know it, and this is, now you, you've got a drag racing shirt on, and a hat, <laughs> and I know you've gone out and seen it, and I know it's something that's not something like new, per se, it's nope. been in your life, uh, but, but tell me about your obsession with drag racing. Well, here's the thing. Uh, I, I, my dad took me to, to drag races at uh, Dragway 42 in Salem, Ohio, when I was, my first one, I think I was 10. Okay. And I, I can't believe, I mean, I got to see Don Prudhomme, Don Garlitz, and Shirley Muldowney. Those were the three biggest names, okay. uh, names in racing. And uh, I remember we had pit passes. I mean, we had pit passes. We were, I'm not exaggerating. I'm, what am I, three feet away from yeah, you? Yeah. That's how close we were to the starting line before safety was a thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Right? And we just yeah. sit right up there. And for $10 or $20, you, yeah. you could walk around the pits. And I'm standing in line waiting to get an autograph from Shirley Muldowney, who is my all-time favorite athlete of any sport ever. Even over Willie Shoemaker? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. He, he's like number two. <laughs> Very close, too. Um, so, and I was standing in line. I was next in line to get an autograph, yeah. and they called her to the starting line. Okay. And I'm, I'm sure I had this hangdog look on my face. <laughs> my lower lip was way out, right? Wah, wah, wah. And she saw that. And she goes, honey, would you like to help me push the car to the pits? And I literally probably just put my finger, finger. Right, like on the, <laughs> on the fender or whatever, and just kind of touched it as they rolled it out. God forbid I touch anything on yeah, it or whatever. Yeah. But I mean, the thrill I got from that. Touching the tire. Touching the tire. So here's the thing. Why do yeah. I love drag racing? Yeah. I actually, I was just going to put a post, my top 10 reasons why. Well, then- One, you literally can race mm-hmm. at starting at age five, like in NHRA. Yeah, not, 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 okay. Oh, NHRA, okay. yes, but not not top fuel or funny sure, car. Sure, they, sure, sure. They they start you with a, it's it looks like a little mini dragster. And it's got a Briggs okay. and Stratton engine. They top out at forty five miles an hour. Well, this is changing my view on having kids now. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, want, I want a racer. Had I known that, I would have made my mom insane begging to do that. Yeah, uh, oh, it used God, to be. Yeah. yeah, it used to be age eight. Number two. Yeah. Uh, Right now, some of the best drag racers are women. Okay. The oldest drag racer is almost 70 years old, John Force. And he's leading the way with the most all-time wins. Both, he's lost and won many times against yeah. his own two daughters. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Head to head. It's like an HBO show. Head to head championships or whatever. The guy just won his 150th championship right. at age 69 years old. Wow. Uh, there's guys who are, you know, from other countries, there's black, white, Asian, mixed race. There's no, and what you also don't have is the BS posturing and the flexing and the trash talk. I mean, you get people, they're emotional or whatever, you know, they want to win, but I'm not hearing in highlights about, yeah, this guy beat his wife and this guy did steroids. This guy cheated and uh, this guy just defeated his daughters in a race. Right, right. (laughs) And, you know, and you're watching and not to mention if you've never been there, especially, I mean, the, the two greatest words I've ever heard are top fuel and to hear those cars 10,500 horsepower and you're and you're 15 feet away because i go i'm uh, going to the the winter nationals in pomona i already got my tickets okay. I, i've been gone three years in a row i get the exact pomona, same seats fontana yep, there too yep, right okay yep. and so wait do they yell top fuel oh yeah does the I, crowd I, I, look, chant? look at the goosebumps <laughs> just you saying that they said you know because those they, they do when i go there they do pro modified funny car okay. and they have top fuel uh motorcycles with 2500 horsepower oh, those, they got the extra extendo wheels oh yeah. Yeah, yeah and then they got the regular motorcycles that are topping out 220 miles an hour sure. yeah. and they'll get to that point and i took my buddy rick last year for the first time Looks and we're walking man. yeah we're walking from the car and you can hear him off in the distance because oh. you know and he goes is that what we're going to be hearing? And I go, yeah. I go, that's just pro modified. That's not top fuel. Yeah. And he goes, no way. We bring earphones, or, uh, sure. you know, earplugs. And that announcer come on. It's like, are you ready for the two greatest words in racing? And the whole crowd's like, top fuel. It's, it's like world wrestling. It's pro wrestling. It's pro wrestling. They put on the jumbotron and just like clockwork. Someone just you hear, boom, and it's it's. I always said, if God drove a car, that's what it would sound like. Top fuel dragster. Top fuel dragster. And the noise it makes, it is a, I know nothing about music, but there, it's a distinct yeah. note. And okay. I can hear it in my head anytime I want to hear it. Sure. Top fuel, there is no ramping up. I mean, there's no like, oh, we're going to, that's what you hear in Pro Modified. You hear them right. shifting. You hear them banging the gears. Top fuel goes zero to 100 in less than one second. Well, I don't know how that's scientifically possible. They pull five Gs of force. Right. By the time you know, when they're at top speed, uh, the cars started getting so fast, they started topping out at 350 miles an hour. Wow. Uh, that when I was a kid, they said they'll never break 300 miles. An hour. I watched Joe Amato do it. I watched him go 301. And I just about peed myself. Right. They actually got so fast that because of the tracks, the older tracks, they don't have enough slowdown time. Yeah. They're not a quarter mile anymore. They're just a thousand feet. They, ha- okay. they had to knock them down because they need more time to slow down. Wow. Wow. It's just the best. So the final question because of there's kind of no limitations have you ever thought about starting your drag racing career now oh no i already have researched there's i found a place where i can i can do one of two things yeah i can drive it's not top fuel yeah uh, i can drive a car on my own that will top out at 200 okay or, i'm sorry uh top out at 150 or 175 going straight or going you, straight okay or i can ride in a side-by-side and go 250 so I'm just going to do both. Yeah, I was going to say. Like wait, I, wait, you I, I want to control one. the car on my own, but on the other hand, I want to go 250 miles an hour. But what, are you going to go pro? That's what I want to know. You're going to go well, pro. You, the you Santini do, Racing You, you do got to get certified. You can't just jump to, you work, sure. you do a junior drag racing, and then you can yeah. go pro modified and super stock and pro, all that stuff yeah, too. Yeah. But I'm also all over Formula One. Just last yeah. night, I watched Formula One. Gotcha. I've been watching documentaries on it, yeah, and, uh, and that movie Rush with uh, Hemsworth I, yeah. and, uh, yeah, and Dan, Daniel Brühl was 
so perfectly done and so accurate to the documentary and the yeah. attention to detail and how those were called the death years. Yeah. And there was just wasn't say they were actually yeah, the fun years. They they actually lost a driver every single month for four months at one time. How do you yeah? Because they were just crashing into walls and they had accidents yeah. going back in the thirties or forties where the guy crashed and crashed into the crowd and uh eighty five people got killed and two hundred and fifty got injured because parts are just flying into the audience. Because yeah, back then they were just like Yeah, yeah, we don't need walls. Let let Lou the ten year old push the car. <laughs> Well, but I love drag race. I, I can't wait. You sharing your passion Thanks there. For asking I, I hope one day I get to see a picture of you in line waiting to get certified with six other five year olds. My current favorite <laughs> athlete on the planet is Leah Pritchett. She is just okay. badass. Yeah. She gets it done. She's part of what are called the women of power. Okay. It's her, it's uh, yeah, they, Erica Anders they, and uh, uh, Brittany they Force. They and wrestling Cor- at Force. <laughs> right. And uh, she is just insanely okay. gorgeous. But yeah, All Leah right. Pritchett, keep an eye. I like it. I like it. Look for the Santini race team. Not to confuse. <laughs> With Santini Air from You've Airwolf. driven with me. I have driven with you. It's like a drug race. Thanks for your support. We'll see you guys next time here on Five Extra Minutes on Patreon. Welcome back to Patreon, my friends. This is the Knapsack Files on Patreon and Five Extra Minutes, your weekly bonus show. You just heard this gentleman get really honest and raw. It was a great episode. His return to the Napsuck Files. It's Mark Yodi Riley. Oh my God. Yeah. Hello. So happy to be here for five extra, extra minutes. minutes. Sometimes, five sometimes extra it goes minutes. to 10. I've had as, as high as 15, but I Ooh, like to keep okay. it towards as advertised. Yeah. <laughs> and I always spring we'll a little surprise question on the guests. But I, all right. I love it. I teased this on a special Patreon show because I do this the the additional special episode a month, and it didn't happen. I ended up talking about it on my own. Scheduling got in the way, and then you did an episode on it. To be fair, and I want people to go check out that Riley Roundtable episode. Ooh. So I don't want to take it all away. I don't want to bury your lead. Ooh. But you feel as though in Michigan you experienced a UFO interaction. <laughs> oh, oh yes, I did. I, I I did. I saw a UFO. You saw something. Now I saw a UFO, and if we go by definition, unidentified flying right. object. We're not necessarily. I'm not saying say I saw aliens. Green Martians with dealy doppers. Right. No. Right. I didn't see you aliens. You saw something unexplainable. I saw something unexplainable, and I happened to be there with my director yeah. of Gray Skies, Kai Blackwood, who did come on the Riley Roundtable to talk about that moment, but also right. because it made sense. Thank you for the lead because yes. that you can go check out the Riley Roundtable the Collider Factory feed. Right. And Kai and I saw, as well as my other associate producer, Brian, saw something. And it, do I describe it? So you yeah. got, well, you got witnesses, but describe, I have witnesses. describe what you saw. So we were walking through. So, mind you, the backstory of this is Kai Blackwood had. Uh, you know, I, I mm. saw his work. He made this great short called Cupcake. Mm. He he, it was beautiful. It was zero dialogue, and it was all through vision or uh, you know, moving images. And and he just had a great thing about him. And he loved Gray Skies, which is about alien abduction, but in the guise of a slasher movie based in the woods, but mm-hmm. just replace it with aliens. But and he's like, "Do you know about me? I pretty much have been abducted." numerous times and I'm pretty like pretty much been it what and so you can hear all about that yeah. on, on the Riley Roundtable but so we're walking in Michigan we were getting ready to shoot 
I think it was the week uh, we had uh, a prep week and then three weeks of shooting. So it was during the prep week and we were walking through the woods, going to the, the, the campfire down the, down the way where everybody was hanging out, having some fun, getting ready for the shoot. And I've heard all these stories about right. his abduction and, and seeing things. And he told me about seeing things seeing in the sky. Things. And he did this thing where he went, oh, my God, here we go. And it was one of those <laughs> things where it's like, wait, like, what, what, what? what? And there's nothing else around you. that there's, there's, it's, You don't hear anything seen. It's got to be about midnight, okay. I would say, in the middle of the woods. He just and, hears it. And he saw it before I he did. saw it. And I look up, and there's this green light okay. and it's big and the way kai describes it is correct it's like yeah. if you were to hold up a silver dollar gotcha. in front of your face right now yeah that's how big it was okay so it's not far away it's it's pretty close, close. If it's a silver dollar if it's in the sky yeah that's yeah. you're seeing it pretty clear yeah and it's this big light with a green halo around it and it's moving just perfectly still no sound mm-hmm. and it's moving across the sky and it stopped dead right and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. Like, cause I've never, exp- I'm like, yeah. one, you, you, the way it, this halo and this the thing and this light, I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. In my mind, my mind's literally right. like, this doesn't make sense. But for it to stop mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and not a helicopter, helicopter yeah, yeah. would hover. Hover, move. And move, sent, but this lower. stops, yeah. lower, yeah. whatever, stops. And it starts to drift off into the sky. Yeah. And then it just went, and took off. Yeah. And I went, what the? And Kyle's like, did you, did you, did you see? And I'm like, yes. And then the Uh lights behind us, the woods lit up. And I remember there was like a flash of light. Right. And the treetops in front of us just lit up. And I saw for miles off of a flash of light. And Brian, our associate producer, screams, yeah. And we turn around and there's another one behind us uh-huh. and they just flashed us. And so that flash right. caught us off guard. And then that thing, when I tell you it flew off, right. I've never seen anything move the way I saw this thing. It just went whoosh, boom, and just, just flew into the sky right. right, as fast as can be like a blink and it's gone and it's over. And we're like, what the hell was what that? Is going on. And so Kai and I talked about it a lot, and we talked about it on the Riley Roundtable. And he said, what is weird about that is that the light, that the, the, the mm-hmm, flash mm-hmm. that lit up the trees, our friends are, you know, right yeah. there. They're right at a right. campfire. And when we walked over to them, they said, we didn't see anything. Nothing. But uh, there was three of us there, and we right. all saw it. You all saw it. So you tell me what the hell you, that yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing that you, what you're saying is you're not like... You're not claiming you were abducted and no, not taking no. anything from your friend. It's not Randy Quaid from Independence Day, right. though he ended up being justified. Hello, boys. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, in my story, and I've told it here, so I don't want to remix it, but I, I in Northridge, California, about 2.30 a.m., graveyard shift, top of the parking structure, in my security vehicle, eating Del Taco, as nice. I did often. Mm-hmm. I saw something. I've seen planes. I've seen helicopters. I've seen it all living in LA and sure. I saw something floating in the sky, relatively okay. close, but far away mm-hmm. and it stopped. Yes. And that's what made me as I'm watching it. Uh, cause sometimes, cause the reason I would pay attention, if you saw a police helicopter, 
speed across at night. We had police scanners in our security vehicles, and now you can have them on your cell phones. You would turn it on, and maybe there's a police pursuit, and you could be entertained for a half hour. Right. Listen to oh, the radio. that's what they're doing. Listen to the radio traffic. 17, 855 in pursuit. Uh, receded in Nordoff. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, uh, nothing. And it stops. It yeah. stops in front of me. And then it zooms away and disappears. Poof. Yeah. And I nev- I'll never forget that. And yeah. I'm not saying it was a flying saucer. I'm not saying it was a, a, anything. Right. You tell me what I saw. Unidentified flying object. That's right. why they call it UFO. I, it's, it, it defies yeah. description. It defies explanation. You can't say, well, that was... A 727. Right. The, the fact that it moves, and it sounds very similar to it's what- what you're describing. And we've talked about it before, but I haven't yes. heard you describe it uh, in a while. Yeah. It, it, it's funny. And it's, it's, it's come it's up. It's the same thing. It's it, it just, the, the, it, it defies gravity. It defies yeah. logic. Right. What is that? Uh, sure. Okay. Weather balloon. No, I don't buy a weather balloon. <laughs> uh, government- well. Yeah. You know, yeah. Government- maneuvers yeah. uh government testing sure maybe yeah. maybe the government's not telling us that they've invented a, a thing that can stop on a dime sure. and fly away and flash you and i believe it i'll believe i could believe that i i i, I believe but, it i believe what i saw yeah yeah, <clears throat> yeah but i believe yeah that's the thing is i 100 percent swear i saw what i saw now, yeah. you had two people with you yeah so you all I, and so in my head i'm like all right I've been working graveyards for about two years. Maybe I'm a little crazy. <laughs> Maybe, Maybe little I didn't drunk see right what I saw, <laughs> but you saw what you saw and two other people standing next to you saw what you saw. So when you say it that way, I had two people with me that saw something, but the way you describe it, yeah. there's something similar here. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm, t- I'm telling you. I, sw- I remember when you told me at the collider offices because I'd heard you say something about one time. Uh, I think I saw an alien and it was like flashing lights and I, yeah. well, I didn't see that. Yeah. But the the floating, stopping, zooming away, clearly going zoop yeah. out of the sky. To have a path and to be traveling so perfectly in a straight line and then stop. Yeah. And we're not talking about, like, if a helicopter is flying across the sky and decides to stop. Right. Okay. That would require it to change a lot of the velocity and the, the right. rotors and all this stuff. If it were to stop, it'd go... <sighs> stop and kind of hover and yeah. then it'd have to hover back and well, then that, and then yeah. it would be like doing this thing where it's like bobbing and weaving in the air yeah well when for me for me who's very familiar with watching lapd airships right they right. go into a very tight orbit and yeah. then pretty soon you'll see especially if it's 2 30 in the morning because you would see it yeah you'd see the spotlight right it's a tight orbit i get it i've heard it i've seen it yeah i know friends who flew the helicopters right. like i get it this wasn't that no what did just, we see mark riley I, what did we see? But you get aliens, these, uh, aliens, and more. You get these stories and more on Riley Roundtable. Oh God! So thanks Thank for you. coming in. Yeah, uh, you guys know where to find them at Riley Around. You get all the information you need. Thanks for your support here on Patreon. Do you believe? Well, there you have it. Just a taste of what we do weekly on Patreon with five extra minutes. Special thanks to all my guests who stick around for just a few extra minutes to answer some questions, talk it out, and hopefully entertain you. Ace, RB3, Owen, Lou, Michael Beatrice, and Mark Yodi Riley. Thanks again. 
If you want to listen to this show every week and support on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash the Napstock Files. But you know what? The best way to support the show is just listen and share and spread the word. You can follow me at CadNapsock. That's at Twitter and Instagram. We also have an official Facebook page. You can go to tpublic.com slash user slash CadNapsock to buy some T-Public shirts. And I have to give a special shout out to my producer and executive producer tiers on Patreon. These are the people that really make things happen, not just with their support, but also their conversations and advice in the Napsack Files boardroom. That is Aaron Parisian, David Ham, DJ Snacks. Check him out at Temporal Radio. Thomas Risling, Lethal Logan X, Matthew Simon, Bedore, she's my Fortnite coach on Twitch. Jacob at Legends Con. Check out SW Legends Con for what they're putting together. And Kyle Harlow, who has designed some shirts on T-Public. That is my executive producer tier. Jason Humphreys, Christopher Paquette, Pags to you and me, Spencer Hunt, Alex Marriott, Kai Thatch, Kyle Gerbrandt, Zach Anderson, and Donald Long are my producers at the producer tier. Seriously, they do a lot. Thanks, guys. We'll see you next time here on the Knapsack Files.